Hi, and welcome to Carbomb Podcast. <clears throat> Let me do that again when I'm not uh, phlegmy. <laughs> when you're not going through puberty? Uh... Hi, and welcome to Carbomb Podcast, episode 371. I am your host, Chris Truscott-Brown, and joining me back from, I don't know, I thought maybe you died or something, uh, we have Peter. <laughs> no, Christopher, it is not Peter. It is I, L. Ron Hubbard. I have emerged again from the Wall of Fire. How have you been keeping up with the weepies and the boohoos? Terribly. Uh, good. And then, remember, all fellow Scientologists, we must gather henceforth at 2021st Avenue. I don't get that. What, you thought I was going to say something else? No. Wait, you didn't think I was going to say There it is. Nope, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> what do uh, we do I miss if Jacob. We... Yeah, what do we do if we don't have uh, Jacob or Emily here? Um, well, we toss a coin to our theme song. People can't see that, but I air through a coin. Yeah, and you're wearing a Witcher shirt. Yeah, that's why I made that reference. Yeah. Probably should have started with explaining that. <laughs> Visual jokes are the best on an audio podcast. Aren't they just? So, Peter, how have you been? Uh, ups and downs, I'm not going to lie, man. Fair enough. Been working a lot of afternoons, which is, you know, been hard when it's like, hey, let's record on Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's like, yeah, I can't do it. Yeah. Mid-afternoon shifts are the worst. Like, night shift is okay. Morning, I've gotten used to. But mid-afternoon, you can't really do anything fun. Hmm. Do you prefer morning shifts, or do you miss night shift a little bit? I miss I miss the mid-shifts I had pre-pandemic, because that was like 10 to 6.30. Hmm. See, that's the one I don't really I was... like. That's what I like, because then it's like, I get off work, and it's like, okay, I can go home, make dinner, and then have a nice chill evening. Yeah, but like. I guess, yeah, and you get to sleep in. I eh. I remember I never did, well, I did, like, two weeks of a night shift, but that was, like, camp work, so not really, like, a lifestyle. Um, But Jamie did night shift for a while, and it it was really weird when your partner is basically on a different clock than you i would wake up as she was off work and i would talk to her on the phone as she drove home and then we'd visit for a little bit but then i'd tuck her into bed uh while i went off to work and then we kind of did the same thing in reverse while i was on my way home from work uh she was getting up and getting ready it was weird mm. yeah it's i don't know what to say man it could just be Tricky when you're in a relationship. Fortunately, I am single, bitch. Yeah, fair enough. What a uh, weird flex that was. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, uh, okay, you win? <laughs> Do I? <laughs> um, so, have you guys, I, I didn't listen to last week's episode. You guys been talking about the smoke? It's just everywhere, but not all that much. Um it so it's actually, not as bad these last couple days. Yeah, it actually cleared up a bit today. Uh, I spent the long weekend in uh, Jewel Lake, which is, for anyone familiar with Canada, um, or specifically BC, it's just a little bit past Greenwood. Gorgeous area. Highly recommend, and way less <laughs> For those not familiar with the smallest town in BC. Yeah. Yeah, Greenwood... Uh, Greenwood's interesting. We talked about it when uh, Jesse and I went there on a camping trip. Uh, in the smallest town in BC, one of the first things we saw was some model doing a topless photo shoot out on the street. <laughs> that was uh, interesting. <laughs> it's like, all right, Greenwood, BC. I'm assuming an OnlyFans model. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, 
yeah, Jewel Lake, fantastic. I tried fishing for the first time since I was, I think, seven years old. Uh, and I had mm. the little, the little kid rod, which didn't have like the the flip up and down thing. It was just basically a thumb button uh, to let the line be loose, and then you let it go. So it's like you cast while pushing the button with your thumb, which that that was the little kid version. <laughs> uh, but I actually, for what it's worth, I didn't catch a fish yet still on my uh to-do list for life it's something i've never done in my life um but we did uh we did figure out how to reel up the rods and like how to hook all the uh the spinner and the hook and everything on there so i'm figuring it out baby steps and i got pretty good at casting turns out Mm. um this lake this time of year nobody's up at the top so casting isn't really going to help me. I need to be out on a boat and dropping. We got a tip from someone near the end uh, on a good spot on the lake to go, but just drop your line about 30 feet, and that's where they all are is at the bottom. <laughs> so hopefully I will catch some next time. But uh, See, I've only... I was going to mention, I've only caught one fish in my life, and I'm kind of cheating by counting it. <laughs> Why is that cheating? Well, it was I was on one of those... Um... I wouldn't call it deep sea, I guess, but like we were out in the ocean. Yeah. On one of those, tr- uh, one of those, uh, like it was technically taking us to an island. Yeah. But they also do fishing off the back while they're taking you places. Yeah. So it's like a weird combi thing, and they caught a halibut, which I helped reel in. Okay. So so like else I got my. It. Well, somebody else had the had the hook set up. But I helped reel it in. Like I was, I was, I was legitimately really in the line at one point. Yeah. And we all got our photo taken with the like, but there was like six of us. So like me all by myself have not caught a fish. But, but I did technically catch a fish. You've gotten a lot closer than I have. Yeah, it's it's uh, real semantics. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of speaking of travel, I realized I haven't told you any of my Odyssey from last month because it's been that long. Yes, it has been it's, bloody ages since I've talked to you. I think it's been since June. Yeah, and now we're in, now we're in August. So it's been at least it's been at least a month. <laughs> and I, I've been trying to make stuff happen, and it hasn't happened. Uh, don't worry, we're gonna finally get to the thing I promised for oh so long later this episode, and yeah. it's probably gonna take about half an hour. So you should probably warn me when we're getting to that point. <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> too worried. Anyway, um. Yeah, so I went to my cousin's wedding in Olds, Alberta. Yeah. And so I've been driven out through Revelstoke and all that towards Alberta in probably five, six years. Because uh, like, I can't even remember the last time I did the drive solo. Yeah. I may, I may have never done that drive solo, honestly. Because uh, the last couple of times I've gone out that way, I've just flown. Especially because I work nights, right? I was like, I don't want to do an yeah. eight-hour drive after getting off night shift or whatever. Four hours was pushing it when I did that before. <laughs> so I, I went out and I stopped at a few of my favorite stomping grounds, uh, one of which is Emerald Lake. Highly okay. recommend that place. That place is gorgeous. I don't know if you've ever been. Uh, No. Whereabouts is it? Uh, I believe it's just outside of Field, which okay. is past Golden. Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh. It's sort of in a parks area in the greater Banff area, but very much on the outskirts. It's definitely a tourist trap. Like, man, the food there is super expensive. Yeah. And the part, but but it's one of the greenest lakes you ever did see. It's surrounded by gorgeous mountains. There's all kinds of neat would stuff that, around there. Would that be perhaps why it's called Emerald Lake? Yeah, yeah, that would be, perhaps be exactly why. I, I I put two and two together all by myself. Yeah. Good job, Detective. Uh, Jewel Lake lives up to its name similarly. It's so clear. Mm. Uh, Fun fact, last episode that you were on was 359, uh, which was May 14th. Oh, wow. I haven't been in one all of June? Holy crap. I could have sworn I did at least one in June. Have we seen each other or hung out? Uh, Like, you came to... No, because I missed your birthday. Yeah, but you came to my work at some point maybe since no i i don't think maybe. so no i don't know but it's no. been a while <laughs> yeah i'm probably going to see you again in a month or so because i'm probably going to need to get my oil changed sooner rather than later yeah because going to alberta and back and then i'm going to the coast again later this month 
That's going to run through my 5,000 kilometers pretty quick. Uh, but, but I got two more lo locations I want to shout out. Yeah. Actually, I got more than that. You'll, you'll love this list. Uh, so another place I stopped very randomly on my way to Olds was a place called Ghost Lake. Nice. Was it Ghost Here's Lake? The thing. Here's the thing about Ghost Lake. It's not a lake. Okay. It's called Ghost Lake, and then the sign at Ghost Lake says, Ghost Lake is not a lake, it is a reservoir. Then call it Ghost Reservoir. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> you understand my annoyance. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, I think I sh shared the photo back when I went last month. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I don't know if I could find it real quick. I might post that in the podcast channel just for everybody to have a look at here. Mm -hmm. Bear with me one moment. But, like, yeah, I was just kind of randomly, I was like, this is not far. This is after the turnoff from Calgary. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, not too far from, because um, Olds is about 90 minutes from Calgary, I want to say, something like that. It's not that, uh, not that far at all. Do I have this? I can't find the sign. Hang on. Uh, I'm scrolling back. God, if... would it have been in podcast or? I don't. I don't. It might have just been in general. Okay, I'm posting it in podcast now. Okay. This is, yeah, because this is a place. Like, I just randomly found the place. Uh, I think it's on Highway Two or something, like Two A or something. Yeah, look in the left. Ghost Lake is a reservoir and not a lake. The following hazards are present. <laughs> I. I would want to. This would be considerable expense and effort, but I want to just nearby uh, make like an artificial lake and call it Ghost Reservoir, <laughs> and then put a similar <laughs> sign that said it is not a reservoir. <laughs> do uh, not worry about I'm... any of those hazards. I do. I do like this other thing. It says, "Did you know that Ghost Lake is a reservoir?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> you said it on the other side of the sign, there, buddy. <laughs> oh man. It's it's great, but that, that place was actually kind of nice too. Even though it was like a weird reservoir lake. Yeah, that's what my uh, current uh, Discord photo is from. Oh, okay. I took a selfie in front of that lake. I actually quite like that photo. I don't do I a lot of selfies, but I was like, I like that one. Barely see it because it's yeah. a teeny little icon over there. Yeah, I'm squinting a bit because I'm looking into the sun. Anyway, enough about stuff that we can't uh, describe on an audio podcast. <laughs> So I, we had uh, I had a nice uh, dinner in Olds there, and we actually went to a local farmer's market, which was inside a guy's barn, hmm. which was kind of cool. But one of the days there, it, uh, you'll love this, I, I stayed in Red Deer rather than Olds. Okay. And uh, the area of Red Deer I stayed in was called Gasoline Alley. So there was basically no grocery stores there, but there were two gun stores. Okay. As well as, of course, six gas stations, a Costco, which I guess is sort of a grocery store, but I'm like, you know, traditional grocery stores. You don't need a membership to go to a traditional grocery store, in my opinion. Yeah. And there was a restaurant called Peter's Drive-In. Well, you had to go there. Yeah. They actually have very, very good milkshakes, because it's clearly just like soft serve blended with whatever ingredients you ask for. That's it. There's probably no milk. That would be just fine. Well, if, yeah, I know. It was, it was a very thick but very drinkable shake, and it very much tasted like real strawberry, so nice. top-notch there. And then the, and then their food. Hey, you like burgers? Yeah. You like hot dogs? Yeah. You like fries? Yeah. End of sentence. All of them <laughs> at once. It's like that was basically all they had, and they had, um, like, they didn't have chicken of any kind. They just had that. They had, you know, beef. They had veggie burgers, and they had fries, onion rings, and milkshakes. But no, do recommend that place. But the other place I, I want to mention that I, I visited was a place called Dry Island Buffalo Jump. Okay. As the name might imply, this is where they herded buffalo off of to fall to their death. Oh yeah, I uh, I remember visiting Head Smashed In Buffalo Jump, which is. Very aptly named, because yeah. that's what happens when they uh, chase the buffalo off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. And this river, uh, like, this is near the Red Deer River, which also feeds into Drumheller eventually. 
which is where one of the one of the more famous dinosaur parks in Canada is. Yeah, because uh, that's like where a bunch of the old dinosaur stuff is found. Uh, in this case, yeah, you're just driving along the prairies, which are flat as hell. You know, there's some bumps, but it's like, you know, it's like prairie, prairie, more prairie, a little mm-hmm. bit of a hill, prairie, prairie, and all of a sudden it's just like, hey, where'd the ground go? <laughs> you, uh... it, it's a very, <laughs> yeah, it's very much. <laughs> you go over it's a very much speed bump, and you start to get a nosebleed <laughs> when you're that used to that much flat. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like you go and it's just like a very sudden canyon, like yeah. it's like and like it very much has that kind of Grand Canyon effect. I mean, I imagine the Grand Canyon's way more impressive. <laughs> yeah, very more grand. But all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's a big hole here. Wow, that's a big, cool-looking hole because it's like part of it is sort of foresty, like it's got trees, it's got greenery, it looks fairly healthy, and then the river's running through, and then it just turns into dinosaur-style badlands. Hmm. So if you look at it, you could be like, left badlands, right, you know, relatively okay nature area, maybe a bit dry because you are in the prairies, but it's like, huh. Some parts of Kelowna are like that, but uh, we are in a (laughs) desert. (laughs) I know, it's so weird being in a desert that's like this green. Yeah. But I I do appreciate... uh, just we touched on just the general concept of a buffalo jump that's the way to hunt for sure it's like let's just circle and chase the herd chase them right off a cliff done we got like 40 buffalo now that'll there's good eating on them (laughs) the hunter's most powerful tool gravity yep which i'm fine with yeah but the other thing i was like I just love the fact that it's called Dry Island, and then there's a sign there that says The Island That Never Was. So that's two things in Alberta that were just flat-out lies. What do they mean, The Island That Never Was? It's like, supposedly, if this canyon had been flooded properly, that this uh, mountain would have actually ended up being an island, but because the water didn't end up happening or something. It's nonsense. Well, like well, I said, it's... Sure, like, anything could have been a thing except it wasn't a thing. I know, this is what I'm saying, it's like... I could have been a world-famous athlete, except I didn't do anything in my entire life to actually work towards that, so do I get to take credit for being the athlete that never was? (laughs) I didn't really do any sports. did you kick a soccer ball once? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Just should have done that more. Yeah. Probably. I was actually you too. fairly in shape until I started drinking beer. That's That's mm. been my undoing. Jesse's well, I mean, fault. that's most people's undoing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that all happened. And, like, yeah, Dry Island Buffalo Jump, definitely do recommend checking out if you're out in the uh, kind of old Red Deer area. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, that's that was what I did last month. And other than that, it's been dealing with the nonsense that's been going on. Oh, yeah, you probably haven't talked about this yet. So, Sunday night, Mm -hmm. I work at a hotel. We deal a lot with people flying in and out of Kelowna because Kelowna has a very popular airport. Mm -hmm. Did you hear what happened with the airport? No. Oh, Chris, 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 Chris. It just so happens that the smoke from one of the fires was so thick, it was causing obstruction at 10,000 feet. Ooh. That means planes can't land. No. Or take off. So airport Which was means the halted. airport was shut down for over 36 hours. I mean, it sucks, but yeah, it's, it's an emergency and shit happens. <laughs> but I'm well, sure is... people were not reasonable. Be like, oh, this is unfortunate. I guess I should just sort of figure this out. Nah, people are going to be like, losing their minds I don't I mean that's part of the problem like because of the fires and everything a lot of systems have been really been pushed to the breaking point rental cars aren't getting to the places they need to be because people can't leave the cities they need to yeah rental cars like I work in the car business rental cars are just non-existent there's like a two month long waiting list for a rental car these days. And like, sometimes our customers like, Oh, well, uh, like I have a customer that's from 
Vancouver, their vehicle blew up while in Kelowna, so we're taking care of it, but it's a long repair. Well, I need a loaner car. Uh, sorry, no. I don't have one that you can have for two weeks. Well, what do I do? It, be an adult. Figure it out. That's what you're going to do. I, I'm not... I, I'm here to help, but I'm not here to solve all your problems. Well, I need a rental car. Okay, go ahead. Call the rental companies. Let me know what you find out. <laughs> need to yeah. harpoon an Enterprise car. <laughs> yeah. You who claims this vehicle by the mighty harpoon should all therefore be in debt to the Enterprise Company. So yeah. it has been decreed. I don't recommend harpooning cars. Well, you've never lived. Uh, yeah, it's like, so that was one of the things. And then, like, the mask mandate came back into effect last Wednesday night. Yeah, we got... Uh, so people... Here in BC, we have had masks for... How long is it? was it? It wasn't the full year, but it was like... It was the better part of a year, wasn't it, that we had an indoor mask mandate. Uh, that kicked in in June of 2020. But it was always recommended before then, but it was never mandatory so until the... June or July. Okay, so the mandate did actually last a whole year? About a year. Yeah. About okay. a year, yeah. It, time flies when you're having fun wearing a mask, uh, which... I always did because I hate masks, but I'm also not an asshole, and I I want to help solve the problem. But anyway, you adopted the asshole. Um, they finally list, lift the mask mandate in BC. Still recommended, but no longer required. That that's still on for the rest of BC. In the Okanagan. That lasted all of, what, two weeks, if that? And rates started spiking in the Okanagan, so actually the Okanagan is back to mask mandate, but it's not BC-wide anymore. It's just us. Go us! I sure feel proud of us. Well, the central Okanagan had 450 cases this last week. <laughs> yeah, because everybody was just like, the distancing is still there, the disinfecting and the hand washing and the like not being an idiot is still there. The masks are still recommended, but they're no longer required. So they're easing the restrictions a little bit. And everyone's just like, Yay, COVID's over. It's like, no, it's not. It's it's just this is why we can't have nice things. They're like Bush nope. party, yeah <laughs> like gathering by the like 30, 40 people at a time and, like, 10 to 15 parties at a time. And it's just, like, and now we're back to mask mandate because people suck. Yep. You know what I blame? What? Gotham. It's always Gotham. Yeah. For those who don't know, there, and which is, I imagine, most of you, uh... There is a Gotham nightclub in Kelowna where a COVID outbreak was confirmed. Yeah. And I mean, outbreak in a nightclub is like one of the worst places to have an outbreak. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was reading the, um, like when in the brief window, when the mask mandate was lifted for us anyway, it was talking about the current state of the restrictions. Restaurants and nightclubs are allowed to be open, but there's no no mingling between tables nightclubs are allowed to be open but no dancing and i was like why the fuck would you go to a nightclub if there's no dancing like what is the Get actual point and buy people drinks uh, that's no, what i always did can't because you can't mingle between tables i mean you could send a drink to another table but then you're not allowed to go say hi <laughs> so, no we no we just we just say, hey, actually, we're together. Can we put these tables together? And then they go, sure. After we slip them 20 bucks. Yeah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, you're part of the problem then. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm still single. That was my move. <laughs> uh. I buy another table drinks. I pretend we're together. And uh, then they decide they don't want to do that. Yeah, and now and now you know why I haven't been allowed to go to a nightclub in ten years. 
Fair enough. <laughs> I'm not a fan anyway, of nightclubs. Uh, Jamie likes nightclubs. I tolerate nightclubs. <laughs> she seems like she would like the dark mood lighting and dancing. That's exactly it. And I'm sure there's a cruel joke I can make about you being better under dark light or something, but I'm not going to formulate the full joke on that. Eh, I just feel I, I feel like Jesse some... would have called that out if he were here, and I would be remiss if I didn't at least Basically, lampshade that. Something, something, Chris is funny looking. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. I'll take it. Some, something, something, Chris looks better in darkness. Yeah. There you no, go. Uh, I, I do get the draw. It's like when you're in a big enough crowd, it's actually a sense of solitude because there's just too many people that nobody's able to matter or be the center of attention. Although I've seen plenty of people try to be the center of attention. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had somebody piss on my leg once. Neat. That's... Weirdly, I don't know if it's worse if it's a dude or a lady. Neither one is It was a lady for for the reference. We were sort of doing that weird, like, when you're drunk, but you're grinding, but you're not good at it. Oh. So, every yeah. time for me. I went to nightclubs a lot. I was never very comfortable there. I yeah. was, <laughs> Which is one of the reasons I stopped going. Anyway. Uh, speaking of things that uh, went going for a surprisingly long time before they realized it was probably better to end it. Mm-hmm. Chris. So, let's preface this. A few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I want to say six, might have, this had to be in June, mm-hmm. we had a random thing where we were talking about some of the goofiest stuff in wrestling, Yes, and you asked me to name some stuff, yeah. and I just started rattling off a list, Yeah, and you were like, oh man, you need to describe some of these to me in detail. Mm-hmm. So I've had one in my mind that I want to describe to you in detail, because some of the details to this are insane. That's what I love about wrestling. I don't really follow it, but anytime like I hear about the absurdity of some of these storylines, I just like I'm all in. It's fascinating. So I want to tell you the story, and this is going to be a long one. Like this could end up being the rest of the episode, which is fine because it's just you and I. And I'm totally like, okay well, with it's that. like we, yeah. All right. So I'm going to tell you the story of the Dungeon of Doom. Now, I've the Dungeon of Doom... heard that name, okay. for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Dungeon of Doom is one of the most important factions in wrestling history. Okay. For two distinctive reasons. And I'm going to explain them both as we go here. So, first, a little backstory. Uh, WCW, World Championship Wrestling, was the main rival of the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. They were always kind of rivals for a long period of time, but WCW had this thing where they were a thing, and then they weren't a thing, and then they were a thing, and then they weren't a thing. They were affiliated with the National Wrestling Alliance, and then they pissed off the National Wrestling Alliance. There's a lot of stuff with that we can also talk about with WCW, but i got to try to stay a little focused here. But I do remember it was a big thing whenever somebody switched. If WWF got a WCW person, they were, like, crowing about it, and same thing. It was just they loved stealing people back and forth, is what I remember. Oh, that was a very common thing. And so what happened in 1993 is one of the most, to start things off, is one of the most important bits in all of wrestling. 1993, Hulk Hogan left the WWF. Yeah. This was after the steroids... Yeah. This was after the steroid scandal. This was after Hogan was starting to wane in popularity. They'd been trying to replace him since at least 1990. Because that's when the Ultimate Warrior was made champion. Okay. Right? Like, there's a lot of we could go into with this, but then they'd inevitably go back to Hogan. Uh, They experimented with a few other champions during that time. They had Randy Savage be champion a couple times, etc. 93, uh, the main of Hulk Hogan fully left and he was doing appearances for new japan pro wrestling in japan he was also filming thunder and paradise (laughs) which is um for those who aren't aware hulk hogan in a show produced by the same people who produced baywatch about a superboat that does missions in the tropics not unlike knight rider (laughs) that sounds horrible i've not seen that yeah it's it is quite awful and it's also quite upsetting some of the talent that they actually got involved because some of the people on that show are way too good for that show. 
most, I... most notably probably Patrick McNee. I don't know if you know who that is. Mm, no. Great British character actor. Did a lot of work on uh, British TV in the uh, 60s and 70s. Uh, anyway. I remember one of my favorite movies. Not just one of my favorite Hulk Hogan movies, but one of my favorite movies. Suburban Commando. And similarly, 19... it's like, yeah, you got Hulk Hogan, but you got Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duvall in there as well. Like, from Back to the Future and from The Shining, respectively, like, not the same tone of movie, obviously, but two very popular movies. Yeah. Also, Larry the... Miller. Uh, who was Larry Mil- Miller in that? He was the, he was the bad boss, because he's the bad boss in every movie in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Not bad, just... Smarmy, yeah, no, I, yeah, a tool, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, Suburban Commando was 1990, by the way, so ultimately not related to this, but you know, it will somewhat because Hulk Hogan's acting career is kind of important for this, yeah. So he's seemingly done with wrestling, and in 1994, uh, or well, late 93, early 1994, Ted Turner, who owned WCW at the time went to Eric Bischoff, the current uh, executive in charge of uh, WCW, and was like, hey, how come we're not beating the WWF yet? And it, and Bischoff was like, I got an idea. Let's get Hulk Hogan. It was like so, their their face for so long. Yeah. Well, because that was the thing, because they'd snatched up a few talents here and there, and there'd been some back and forth. Like, a good chunk of the guys who were huge in WWF had been huge in other stuff before. Didn't I mean, this Sting was in... switch over from WWF? No, to... Sting famously never switched. Oh, he was WCW the whole time? Yeah, he he was a WCW lifer. Oh, okay. I thought when he was doing, like, the neon stuff, he was with WWF, and then he got all, like, dark and gothy when he switched. But I guess if he was lifer. No, he, he stayed neon until the NWO in 96, which we're not going to get to today, although this does kind of sl- sort of tie into that. We'll get we'll get there. Yeah. So Hogan gets brought in in 1994, and so inevitably this leads to Hulk Hogan having a showdown with the w- WCW champion at the time, Ric Flair, uh, who was mostly a staple of WCW. He briefly left for the WWF for about two years from, I want to say, 92 to... Or 91 to 93. I could yeah. be getting those dates wrong. Uh, but it was about a two-year stint. And he he came back, became world champion. Uh, like, And one of the final uh, pay-per-views before the Hogan and Flair showdown is actually one I highly recommend. The 1994 Spring Stampede pay-per-view. Because uh, that has a, a couple of really good matches on it. But anyway. So Hogan comes in. He takes on Ric Flair in the first, for the first time ever in a dream match becomes world champion and is getting a ridiculous pay p- amount of pay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now the problem becomes, how do you keep Hogan stable as champion for so long? So, Kevin Sullivan, a very important wrestler for a few reasons, the one of the main bookers at the time for WCW, the guy who sets everything up, envisions a plot where Kevin Sullivan's fake brother Dave... I forget the wrestler's real name. Dave Sullivan was was not his real name. And also, just because it's awful and kind of hilarious in all the wrong ways, Dave was dyslexic, so he insisted on being called Evad. It's <laughs> not how dyslexia works. It, it, this is why it's funny in all the wrong yeah. ways. <laughs> yeah, you know. E, uh, Dave Sullivan was one of those characters clearly written to be like a big child, you know. And uh, so he was... He was he ended up being a huge fan of Hulk Hogan. So he was like, oh, Hulk Hogan, I'm your biggest fan. And Kevin Sullivan, bitter that his brother likes Hulk Hogan more than him, decides to to plot to destroy Hulkamania. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating when I say destroy Hulkamania. Kevin Sullivan, for all his limitations as a wrestler, let's say, very good at getting really riled up and shouting with full sincerity that he will crush Hulkamania. Yeah, he is very much a Saturday morning cartoon villain in wrestler this form. Is, this is over in WCW this whole time now, right? Yeah, this is all in WCW. This now, entire storyline wasn't wasn't there a problem where he wasn't allowed to be 
Hulk Hogan in WCW? Didn't he have to switch? That came later as well, because okay. a problem that would later come up is that they had licensed the name Hulk with Marvel, and there was some trouble with that later, which is one of the reasons in when he became NWO Hulk Hogan, he was no longer Hulk Hogan, he was Hollywood Hogan. Yeah, I remember the Hollywood Hogan thing. He was already yeah. a little bit past his prime by that point. Well, yeah, no, I mean, he was in his prime in the, uh, like, he became world champion in 1984, might have been 85, early 85. No, it was 84. He beat the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. Right. And a big plot line in 1987 is he'd been champion for three years. Yeah. Which, which is one of the reasons Andre the Giant I was also born Giant in 84, is. just for some clarification there. So Sorry, he Hogan? W- he, no, I was born in 84, so oh. he was world champion 37 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So, the, Kevin Sullivan plots to destroy Hulkamania. Mm-hmm. And one important thing about Hulk Hogan's contract when he came over from WWF is he didn't just want himself hired. He wanted all his friends hired as well. So they recruited quite a few people, including Mean Gene Okerlund, rest in yeah. peace. Uh, which, I mean, let's just say rest in peace for all these guys who are dead because there's a lot of them. Yeah, fair enough. Unfortunately, yeah, you know, I'm just going to forget that. But, I've, you know, got to shout out Mean Gene because we talked about him in an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mean Gene, uh, let me think here, the Honky Tonk Man showed up and soon disappeared because the Honky Tonk Man didn't seem to understand how wrestling works. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Uh, let me think here, the Nasty Boys, uh, Brian Nobbs, and I forget who his partner was, those two guys were friends of his, so they became major players in the tag team scene. But two in particular that showed up were, um, actually three, were Jimmy Hart, who be, kind of became his manager, because Jimmy Hart's, like, one of the classic wrestling managers. Yeah. If you ever Google Jimmy Hart, he's like, ah, looks like such a great manager. Uh, he also got John Tenta, who goes um, by several names. Just question, Jimmy Hart, mm-hmm. part of the Hart family at all? Uh, not by blood, but I believe he got his stage name in part to pretend to be part of the Hart fam- Foundation for a bit. Okay. And the name just stuck, even though I don't think he's actually a Hart at all. Fair enough. Because he's, he's known as the Mouth of the South and is very much Southern. He's not Canadian. And the Hart family, that's not just stage name. Like, that is their actual name, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sidetrack, but go on. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's a fair question. John Tenta, who had previously been known as Earthquake in the WWF, and is a very underrated wrestler. He sadly, he's a, sadly also passed away, but he's a guy I always thought uh, never got a fair shake. Yeah. P- no pun intended. Um, I missed but that the other guy like pointed it out. Well, I, I legitimately didn't even realize I said that. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. And the other guy uh, worth mentioning here is Ed Leslie, uh, best known as Brutus Brutus the Barber Beefcake, okay. who was Hulk Hogan's tag team partner for several years, and was meant to become Intercontinental Champion, but famously had a parasailing accident that left him crippled for most of a year. Oof. And the so story that's, goes, that's he's not never kayfabe. That actually happened to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the story goes that he was never this because, like, if you watch his early matches, like he has a match with uh, Macho Man and um, Zeus at a SummerSlam match with Hogan, and mm-hmm. there he's pretty solid in that match. But it's like at some point after that, I think he had the parasailing accident, and that was basically the point where his career never fully recovered. Uh, I mean, he was never the greatest wrestler to begin with, but he was still solid enough, and it's very much a what-if if he hadn't gotten injured. Yeah. So what happened is he he hadn't been working since, I want to say, 93 as well, and he got brought in. So the big angle was Kevin Sullivan assembled a group known as the Three Faces of Fear, which consisted of himself. It consisted of uh, the former John Tenta, now known as Typhoon. Mm-hmm. And it also consisted of Ed Leslie as the Butcher, mm-hmm. who who infamously attacked Hogan in a black mask, unmasked himself, and it was like, it was me all along, your former best friend. And people were like, who is this guy? Because <laughs> he, he also wasn't in the best of shape when he did this. He, he, like, he still had a, a decent enough bod, but he was like, you know, he didn't have like the cut abs or anything. He, yeah. he clearly looked a little bit flabby. Like, I mean, like... Like World Strongman, not like Mr. Universe. Like a guy who probably used to be Jax, but clearly has been drinking beer. 
Yeah, okay. Which is probably true. Uh, <laughs> so this led to Starcade, the biggest, the biggest event in WCW of the year. Like that's always their big show, mm-hmm. like their WrestleMania, which always happens around December or so, featuring Hulk Hogan defending his title against the Butcher, in what is generally considered one of the one of the many terrible title matches that has happened at Starcade. Because unfortunately, Starcade has a bad habit of having really bad World Championship matches. <laughs> I was going to say the worst. I'm like, I don't know. I can think of some others. Yeah. Another aside. <laughs> Starcade is not great, unfortunately, which is a shame because it's still got the legacy. Uh, it did have some good ones. Like at one point, Goldberg took on Bret Hart at a Starcade. That was actually a pretty good match, but that was years later. Anyway, so that happens. Hogan defe- defeats them, defeats the three faces of fear. Kevin Sullivan is left despondent. He ends up fighting uh, the Butcher, who is now known as the man without a face. Uh, if you ever want to have fun, just look up all the names Ed Leslie had as a wrestler. He's got like 12, including the man without a name and the man without a face. I'm going to look that up right now. <laughs> yep. So Kevin Sullivan defeats the man without a face, and then suddenly hears a voice calling to him. So he runs out of the arena. Then he goes on what can only be described as a spirit journey, where he discovers a cave. Inside lives a creature known only as the Master, who claims to be 100 years old. And has and has promised to help Kevin Sullivan defeat Hulkamania. Okay. You're starting to understand why I wanted to talk about the Dungeon of Doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is where the Dungeon of Doom was born. Kevin Sullivan drank from some sort of grail that apparently contained dry ice. You know, because there's a lot of smoke in this cave. Yep. Uh, probably to help cover how cheap the sets were, but whatever. And. Uh, <laughs> And he becomes the Taskmaster, which is basically Kevin Sullivan with goofy face paint. And he soon recruits more members of the Dungeon of Doom to crush Hulkamania. 18, by the way, ring names in his Wikipedia. <laughs> yep, I knew it was a lot. We're, we're going to go through a few of them just right now. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of his first recruits is the Zodiac, yep. who is Ed Leslie. Mm-hmm. He also, of course, recruits John Tenta again, who is now the Shark which is not his best gimmick. Typhoon was more awesome as a name, and as was Earthquake, let's be real. And this was a big man. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else was in the dungeon. They recruited Ming, who is a Tongan, I believe is Tongan. Uh, and he just basically wore a big face mask. They've got a dude known as Lochness, who was a famous British wrestler known as Giant Haystacks. He was a guy who was like 300 pounds, or 400 plus pounds. Oh, wow. And... Most notably, they recruited Big Van Vader, the Mastodon, <laughs> who previously had been one of w- WCW's top villains. Yeah. Because this is a guy who was like 300 plus pounds and wrestled in the Japanese style. That's where he got the name the Mastodon. He would wear this ridiculous, like, elephant-style plastic face mask that he would take off and reveal, like, his intense, his real intense face. Yeah. Of uh, of course, Vader also famous for his appearances on Boy Meets World. Anyway, so this led to a big match with Vader at SummerSlam, or not SummerSlam, sorry, Bash at the Beach, because SummerSlam is a WWF show. Bash at the Beach is WCW's big summer match, where Hulk Hogan got the assistance from Dennis Rodman <laughs> to defeat Vader. And oh even boy. then, he's still a Yeah. And as this is all going on, Ric Flair, who had previously, air quotes, retired forever earlier in 1994 after losing to Hulk Hogan three times, has now reemerged with the Four Horsemen, his his wrestling group. And he has now formed an alliance with the Dungeon of Doom known as the Alliance to End Hulkamania, (laughs) which is a real thing. Yeah, (laughs) they're going all in on this. Oh, yeah, no, this gets better. And, and Hulkmania <laughs> is no longer a thing by this point, is it? Like, that is sort of fizzled, hasn't it? It, it sort of is. I mean, one of the big things, there's Hulk Hogan wrote his own theme song for WCW, which they barely ever used. Yeah. It was called I Want to Be a Hulkamaniac, which was, I believe, what's the name of the performers? I think it's Hulk Hogan and the Bootstrap Band. Oh, okay. And it's it's... No matter how bad you think it sounds, I mean, just the lyrics, I wanna be a hokamaniac, or the chorus. 
again, I love the movie Suburban Commando. Hearing Hulk Hogan sing in the opening song to that movie is special enough. I I can't imagine him doing a whole song instead of just a couple lines in one. <laughs> yep, it's not great. It's really not great. Um, <clears throat> so they they formed the alliance to end Hulkamania. I might be getting the timeline confused, but of course, so he's defeated Vader. What now can they do to defeat Hulk Hogan? Ah, but there's this one wrestler in the woods, in the reeds, that's been trained at what's called the WCW Power Plant. That's their name for their training center, yeah. the Power Plant, which I do love as a name for a training center. That's pretty good. I unironically love that name. They've had this guy named Paul White, who would later become known most famously as The Big Show. Okay. I've heard of The Big Show. But, yeah. But here is where he makes his wrestling debut as The Giant. Okay. Why is he The Giant? Well, Hulk Hogan is convinced after seeing this man and sensing it that he is the son of Andre the Giant. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let me just... Let me just let that thing in. This is around when Andre died. Yeah, that's disrespectful. Oh my god, is it ever. It's <laughs> one of the worst things about this storyline, and there's still more terrible to come. That, that's like... In terms of taste, that's definitely one of yeah. the worst. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable to mention... hearing about that. Not to mention the fact he's like, I sensed it, brother. It, I could sense Andre. I'm just like, oh my god, what is this? It's... Ew, gross. <laughs> Also, at some point, Hulk Hogan discovers the Dungeon of Doom, and it leads to some of the most hilarious dialogue you've ever did here, including this, him shouting out loud to himself, I've never been here before! That... Which is one of my favorite Hulk Hogan sound bites ever. <laughs> and then at some point, I want to say the Zodiac starts strangling Hulk Hogan, and uh, Kevin Sullivan as Taskmaster is shouting in the background, Come That blew out. Oh. Uh, I, he was shouting Crush Hulkamania. Okay. <laughs> I'll be interested I, I was... to listen back, but I think this is just recording what Discord heard, and that blew out completely. But anyway, That's fair. I was I was going full ham on that, as, yep. as was he. Well, yeah. I'm, again, Kevin Sullivan's very good at going full ham, so I don't want to disrespect him on that. It's just, it's the goofiest stuff. But he is good at it, yep. <laughs> for what it's worth. So this leads to uh, the Giants wrestling Hulk Hogan at Halloween Havoc 95. <laughs> Hulk Hogan having been assaulted by the Dungeon of Doom and is having this... his mustache shaved off. Oh no. Is this Havoc with a K? I can only assume. No, no, no. It's it's no? spelled properly. Oh, okay. Uh Halloween Havoc. It it gets silly though, don't worry. So first <laughs> Get. um Hulk Hulk Hogan has had his mustache shaved. So this is one of the few times you see Hulk Hogan without a mustache and Man, that's a face that should always have a mustache. Yeah. If you see the photos of him, he looks really weird without it. Because, like, he's got the long, narrow face. It's like, you need a mustache just to have some personality there, buddy. Yeah. And uh, he decides to start exploring the darker side of Hulkamania alongside his returning friend, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. I love Randy Savage. <laughs> So this leads to another infamous moment where Hulk Hogan is, air quotes, exploring the dark side of Hulkamania, where he dresses up in what can only, like, somebody called it Wesley from Princess Bride cosplay, because it's like a black mask, and he's got a black hood and everything. Like, yeah. he kind of looks like, you know, the the, the masked man. And he's holy, he, Hulk Hogan even has a sword, and he's like, the macho man's going to bring us the head of Ming on a silver platter. <laughs> Which I'm like, well, that's, there's a lot to unpack there, Hulk. So, so the match at, at uh, Halloween Havoc, which, by the way, is the Giants' first wrestling match ever. Okay. His first professional, anyway. I mean, he's sure he had, he had training. But it's preceded by a monster truck sumo match, supposedly on the roof of the arena. I just, by the way, saw... Sorry, I was looking up Hulk Hogan without a mustache. Perfect comparison. Uh, he looks like John Cleese. When he doesn't have his mustache. You're not wrong. Yeah, he, like, he's got a longer upper lip than John Cleese does, though. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, that, go on. <laughs> that's not a bad comparison, though. He does kind of have the John Cleese face, but not in a good way. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the monster truck uh, match, sumo match, was essentially what it sounds like. Two monster trucks trying to push each other back and forth. 
And eventually this leads to the giant getting out and Hogan fighting him, and then somehow the giant falls off the roof. And everyone's like, oh my god, Hulk Hogan just accidentally killed the giant. But then the match starts, and the giant is just fine. Of they claim he, he like got in the river because the arena was near a river, but he's not even like wet. <laughs> so it's like, well, that was low effort. The, the river and was the name of... of the net that he fell into. <laughs> oh, it gets dumber. <laughs> See, on the on the one of the first episodes of WCW Nitro, which was their Monday night show to compete with WWF Raw, which aired like the the ep the week before the pay per view, they debuted a new member of the Dungeon of Doom, one of the most infamous members, the Yeti. Okay. Specifically pronounced the Yeti, because who I forget who says it, but the guy who said it has a weird way of saying Yeti, <laughs> and the Yeti, very famously, burst out of an ice block. And was clearly a mummy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which led to, during the middle of this match, the giant trying to bear hug Hogan, and then the Yeti comes up to bear hug Hogan from behind. <laughs> now, a bear hug looks stupid normally. Imagine bear hugging somebody from behind. I mean, I've seen that movie if I accidentally click the wrong thing on uh, Pornhub, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, it was essentially... The, the, the phrase dry-humping Hogan is not inaccurate here. <laughs> I don't like to use that willy-nilly, but, I mean, it's hard not to. <laughs> and my favorite part is, that leads to a disqualification, but Jimmy Hart, who was Hogan's manager, secretly betrayed Hogan so that the contract stated Hogan would lose the title if he lost by disqualification. Okay. Sure. If you no. just make up the rules as you go <laughs> along, then why not? I know, right? They, they revealed this after the fact, and it's like, so Hogan lost the title without being pinned, because probably because Hogan didn't want to actually get pinned. Yeah. Hogan, very infamously, has a lot of ego backstage, and this is, I mean, this whole storyline was written to appease him. Mm-hmm. Because this is where it leads. So the Four Horsemen have made the alliance with the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, I forget. There was a match somewhere in here where Rhett, Rhett, Randy Savage and Ric Flair have a couple of matches, and they're pretty good matches. Those two have pretty good chemistry in the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe Ric Flair becomes world champion at some point. So does Savage. But this all culminates at WW, WCW Uncensored, where it's shortly before that, it's revealed that the Zodiac... And Leslie was actually never evil all along. <laughs> of course and he not. has now become his and he's now become his new persona, the booty man. <laughs> whose finishing move is the high knee. Mm, I don't like it. Neither do I. Neither <laughs> did the fans. <laughs> this didn't go over very well. No, so he was uh, secretly on the good side the whole time. He was just yeah. trying to infiltrate the enemy. Yes. And so, and of course there's the tease that maybe the Macho Man and Hogan won't work together, but now it's Doomsday, as the promo for this pay-per-view happily declares, by the way, <laughs> as Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage must conquer the Doomsday Cage. <laughs> and now I gotta make sure I get all the members of this match right here, so I'm just gonna quickly look this up to be sure. This is the okay. first time I've looked anything up this entire time, by the way. That's impressive. Yeah, I bet this has mostly been memory. Okay, so there are eight competitors in this match. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage team up to defeat in the Doomsday Cage match, which is a cage match that's very poorly designed and involves a lot of stupid weapons. They take on Ric Flair, his old Ric Flair's longtime friend, Arn Anderson. They take on Ming. They take on The Barbarian who I think is different than the one who was known as the Barbarian. No, no, he, yeah, he was called the Barbarian in WCW as well, or WWF as well, okay. Uh, Lex Luger's in there. Uh, the Taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan's in there. And also, Z-Gangsta, which is Zeus from WWF, but they can't call him Zeus, so uh, played by the late, Z great uh, Tom, Tom Lister Jr. So, instead of Zeus, he's just like, z Gangsta. <laughs> yeah. And Z Gangsta's partner, 
the ridiculously buff but ridiculously under-talented uh, Robert Alexander Jeep Swenson Jr., who famously played Bane in Batman and Robin. Oh. Okay. Yeah, shortly before his death, because I think he died in 1997. Yep. Hmm. And, and I believe he played Bane. Yep, there he is. He was also in uh, the movie No Holds Barred, which was where Zeus came from. Oh, okay. Uh, and and in this match, he's known as the ultimate solution. <laughs> Awkward. I guess he's a Nazi, so he's evil. I don't know. He That's... wasn't well-developed. No. <laughs> this match is incredibly awful, especially because it ends with them defeating their opponents with frying pans. Well, how else are you going to fight a legitimate... I mean, of all the uh, weapons to use in this... You know, a yeah. legitimate ranked sport. <laughs> so, that was the end of that. They defeated the Dungeon of Doom, and what's funny is Hulk Hogan seemingly overcame his dark side. And then, guess what happened a few months later? Heel turn. <laughs> the NWO. <laughs> Where he famously became heel for the first time in his career. Yeah. It, it was it, like, at that, that the... point his career is like it's circling the drain and he doesn't really know how to not be the top of the game anymore mm -hmm. like i believe the rumors about his ego he doesn't know how to not be on top and so mm -hmm. it's like i don't know heel turn let's try that oh well, everyone two... hates it uh, so he did a face turn again and brought back like the uh, the red and yellow. I remember that. And uh, yep. oh, that didn't really work either because people were just over it. <laughs> it's like I remember when he tried to bring back the famous uh, yellow and red spandex, but dude was like in his late fifties at that point and like very balding and sagging, and it was just like it's not working, buddy. It's like it gets sad at a certain point. It's like. A lot of these these guys have managed to age gracefully, but mm -hmm. I don't think Hulk Hogan has at all. <laughs> he doesn't Not know really. how and to he... fade away. <laughs> no. I mean, he's probably fully bald, but just wears um, bandanas with fake hair to cover it up. Yep. It's, it's kind of sad where he's at now, but like... You're allowed to age gracefully and still be relevant, but you you mm -hmm. can never age gracefully if you're trying to pretend you're not aging. It never works. <laughs> 100%. But there's two probably most important things that came out of this. There's more yeah. than that, I'm sure, but there's two things. I'm just going to wrap it up with the, the conclusion of what was accomplished with all this. Yeah. The Dungeon of Doom was orchestrated by Kevin Sullivan to appease Hulk Hogan. This gained made Hulk Hogan trust Kevin Sullivan, so Sullivan could eventually help book the rise of the NWO and Hulk Hogan being one of the members. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't for this storyline, we probably wouldn't never wouldn't have gotten the NWO as we remember it. Yeah. So it was almost like uh, you know an ends justify the means thing. They were willing to do all this goofy crap just to appease Hulk Hogan. But the other thing which is a little more unfortunate and very uh, true to reality, is what the the fallout from this saw the Alliance stand Hulkamania start to feud with the Dungeon of Doom. Mm -hmm. it, well, specifically the Four Horsemen. And one of the members of the Four Horsemen, uh, a recent recruit, was a young man named Chris Benoit. Yeah. Who famously, who, who in particular had a feud with Kevin Sullivan. Right. And part of the storyline was that Kevin Sullivan had his real-life wife, uh, Nancy, uh, pl here playing a wrestler simply known as Woman, <laughs> uh, start an on-screen affair with Benoit. Oof. Which ended up becoming real behind the scenes. Awkward. Kevin Sullivan booked his own divorce. And unfortunately, as we all know, probably, uh, Chris Benoit would later murder Nancy uh, in 2007. And their children, and then himself. One, well, one other sons. Oh, there's they, I, they, he has a surviving son. Oof. I mean, yeah, good. The kid's not dead, but boy, 
the, the yeah. shit that kid's got to live through. It's oh, uh... he's very publicly said like he does want to kind of wrestle under his family name, even though he knows that some people hate that idea. I just don't that's, think uh... that's a good idea. I mean, like he clearly. He's dealing with some demons, and it's yeah, uh, very it's, unfortunate. If he's actually proud of his name, fair enough. But that just suggests to me that he thinks it'd be like sensational, and like that would get attention. And you don't really want to exploit something like that for attention. It's like mm-hmm. I get kayfabe. I love the narrative. But when real shit happens, you you gotta keep that separate. You can't bring that in. It's it's weird if you start trying to bring real life into kayfabe. It's like that doesn't work. We don't talk about the people that died. We don't talk about the people that committed horrible crimes. Like not within kayfabe. It, we just we don't bring that up. Like uh, what's his name? The guy that died by falling off the uh, top of a cage or something. Owen Hart. Yeah, you we talk about him because this is a man that died, but they don't really bring that up in kayfabe, do they? Like, cause you no, just, you just you leave it alone. You you keep things separate. That would be so weird if he started wrestling under the Benoit name. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, that is something to. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about uh, less heavy things in the future. I'm, cause, uh, oh, do I have a list? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed hearing about one of the more infamously goofy storylines in wrestling history. Yeah, the ones... I remember some of the early Hulkamania stuff that actually happened before I was, like, aware. Like, it basically started as I was born, so... When I was, like, 10 to 12, I was hearing about and reading about the stuff that had been going on for the last 10 years. So, like, not fresh and current. But I remember Hulkmania. And, um... I also remember... Uh, the storylines of, like, Stone Cold and The Rock feuding a lot but I wasn't really deep into it but other than that I don't really know a lot about wrestling so I love when you're trying to explain the the or not trying you've done an admirable job admirable job I'm just saying trying as in it's hard to uh actually try to explain all of the stuff that happened (laughs) Oh, yeah, I mean, I skipped over the Macho Man and Ric Flair feud, which is actually a pretty good feud. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really explain what was going on with Lex Luger, because there's some weird nonsense with Lex Luger. Not even get to start on what happened with the Nasty Boys, who I briefly brought up there. Yeah. Or Honky Talk Man. I remember uh, I used to have a WWF wrestling game for the NES, and Honky Tonk Man was one of the wrestlers in there. I also remember uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, Hulk Hogan, of course. Andre the Giant was in there. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man. I uh, can't remember. Earthquake was probably in there. Didn't stand out to me, but maybe. Um... Million Dollar Man was probably in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He was in there. Uh Hmm. Maybe that was tag team partner, Erwin R. Scheister. That doesn't remember. IRS. Uh, yes, I you do. don't remember the Million Dollar Man's tag team partner, IRS? No. <laughs> what did... Um, Take that, America. Whatever happened to Bam Bam Bigelow? Did he, didn't he? did he start trying to get a film career going and it not going well? I think he did. I'm pretty sure he died a while back. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, because yeah, he unfortunately was not in the best of health himself. Yeah, he no. died in two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if he ever tried a film career, but he was a no. He tried an MMA career. Oh no. Uh, yeah, in ninety six, he tried an MMA match against Kimo Lepardo, and he submitted in round one in two minutes fifteen seconds. I mean, oh no. This guy. Oh yeah, no he. 
Oh, he was in. Uh... This guy oh, doing my God. Uh, MMA isn't gonna work. <laughs> I forgot he was in Snake Eater Three. Right. He was the guy at the bar who gets stabbed in the feet. That's uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I remember about that stupid movie. Anyway. We should probably wrap up. We've been going for a while, and now we're just talking about Snake Eater 3, which is a 1992 TV movie. <laughs> Starring... Who were... Uh, this was bugging me, going back to uh, Suburban Commando. Oh my god, really? Who, okay, no, we're still going? No, who played the... There were two other wrestlers in there that played the bounty hunters chasing him, and I can't remember who they were. Uh, I'm sure... No, Ed Leslie, I think, had a cameo in something else. Um, he was in there, but he wasn't, he wasn't one of the bounty hunters. Um, I think it was, no, not him. This guy? Uh, no, he wasn't a risk. Oh, uh, freaking Undertaker's in there. Oh, okay. There were two yeah, he, bounty he's... hunters. Yeah. Hang on, let me, uh. Don't remember... Just it's in a pair of intergalactic bounty hunters. I can't remember what the name of the bounty hunters are, so I can't find... Because Ed Leslie's absolutely in there, and I think none of these guys are wrestlers, though. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember. I'd have to look up... I'd have to look it up on IMDb. Yeah. All right, well... But... Yeah, we've, uh... <laughs> I think we've about wrapped up, but I would definitely <laughs> like to have another, uh... Maybe give me a list, and I'll just pick one at random. Yeah, I had a list uh, I sent you a while back. Oh, that was that was way too many uh, conversations ago. I would have to scroll way up in a list, and yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess if we're wrapping up, uh, what time does that make it? It time. It sounds like it's time for the ending credits. Three, two, one. Stick, trash bag, shatterproof glass, tailpipe tread like grease and chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber. Fireball. What's the what's the aerial? Yeah, I is think. that not what we're supposed to say? Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, and then I'll probably just do the uh, the what what's the aerial stinger? Cause I like that one. <laughs> I don't know.